Hey church family, how are you doing this morning? I am so glad that you are tuning in to spend your Sunday morning with us. Listen, if you have kids, let me just remind you, man, get them that, that tablet or a phone or another apparatus and back up one link and uh, click on the Kids Point service. We have taken time to put together an amazing specific church service for your kids, specific for Kids Point and Midpoint. So let them enjoy that while you continue to enjoy this service. Today is the second episode of Church United where several of us pastors got together and said, what would it be like if we worship together, if we spoke together, if we led the body of Christ in DeSoto County together? And so you are in for another amazing treat for that today. And while I have your attention, before we jump into that, let me just remind you not to forget your tithes and offerings this morning. You can give online. There's the give button right there at the top and you can click on that or you can go back to southpoint.tv or text the number, text the word give to our text to church number that'll be at the bottom of the screen. Uh, let me give you one, one scripture here in Psalm 37, verse 21. It says, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. And you guys are so generous. I just wanna thank you so much for your generosity. Because of what you're doing, because of your continued gift of giving, we are able to hand out food throughout the week through uh, Hunger to Hope. We're able to just continue to minister and bless our area. So thank you for doing that. Now, I know that you are gonna enjoy today's time together. So kick back, get ready for some amazing worship. Lean in and let's all learn something from God's word today. Good morning, Church United family. Welcome to the worship service. Let's worship God together with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. He's worthy. Amen. Come on.
Greater, 
Sing it out today.
is who you are. Nothing is impossible. In the darkness, my God, that is who we believe. We believe in Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are doing your work. You are creating life. You are creating closeness in this time of not being able to be together. You are creating a church that is united. You are creating a church united that that maybe wasn't this way a month ago. But God, you are creating things in us that are bringing us closer together in our spirits and in our hearts and in our churches, even if we can't be physically together. Because, God, that's the way you are. You are that way maker. You make a way where there seems to be no way, where it seems impossible to be together. You have caused us to be, you have caused us to be able to be together. And we thank you, God, that you have given us this incredible platform to be able to do this. But not only to do it together this week, God, but to come out on the other side of this, a church united. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, South Point. You guys are sitting at home, and we're sitting here at this awesome building and being able to worship together. And we're getting ready to hear a really great talk from some awesome pastors in our area. You know, there's pastors from all over DeSoto County and, and all around that have come together and have united our churches. 
in a way that has never happened before. And you know what? I'm going to read you a scripture. It's out of Hebrews. It says, this is not the time to pull away or neglect meeting together. Really? As some have formed a habit of doing because we need each other. We need, how many times have I heard that this week? I need some interaction with some people. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we participate that day dawning. This doesn't look like what we normally have it look like. We don't, we're not sitting in our slanted floors and our movie chairs and our crazy carpet in our lobby. And we didn't get to walk around and drink coffee and hug one another. But you know what? God is creating a way for us to be together. And I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited that I'm able to be here with you and with these guys worshiping today. And we're able to put this together so that we can be the church united, not just South Point United, but a whole city of churches that are coming together, that are worshiping together and getting the word together and and hanging out together. So we're going to get on with our second week out of the Church United. We're doing a three-week series here. This is the second week, and it's going to be awesome. So I want you guys to get your coffee, get ready, because here it comes. On your mark, get set. Go. Welcome to episode two of Church United. I'm so glad you guys are joining us. Um, Church United is a consortium of pastors that we decided to get together and do something that I think is pretty unique and pretty amazing, coming together instead of separating. Um, during this difficult time, you know, everybody's talking about social distancing, and, and that's great, and we need to do that. But what we wanted to do was to come together and have spiritual closeness, where we came together in the middle of a very difficult and dark time in our country. Um, I was talking to somebody this week about Church United and what it represented and what it meant, and they were just so excited to see the church, capital C, the Church of Jesus Christ, coming together to genuinely be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our community. So, so glad you're with us. Let me introduce you real quick to everybody on, on, on the platform panel, whatever this thing is. All the way down on the end is Doug Bell at Cross Point Church, and then right next to him is Pastor Patrick Conrad at Life Fellowship Church, and then immediately to my right is Greg Davis at Cornerstone Church. So glad you guys are here hanging out with us and just going to give us a good word this morning. I feel it. I feel it. Um, Last week we met and we talked and had some really good takeaways about um, uncertain times and how to operate in uncertain times. And I was even talking to my kids this week about the uncertain times of the virus that's going on and what's happening. And I was telling them that we live in such a historical time. I mean, not that we like what's going on, but this is, this is histor- history in the making. And anytime something 
drastic like this happens in history, it's like it's, it etches itself into your soul. You know exactly where you were when it happened. Like, I'm sure all of you remember where you were when 9-11 happened. I mean, yeah. yes. down to the, the chair you were sitting in or whatever, yeah. showing my age a little bit. I, I remember when <laughs> President Reagan, stop laughing, Doug, I'm not that old. Uh, I remember when President Reagan was shot and where I was and what was going on there. Yeah. So, okay, so this historical moment, when it got real in the, in this country, in the United States, when it got like legit for real, where where were you at? What yeah, was? Well, what? I was where I'm been for the past ten or fifteen years watching sports. <laughs> I was, you know, I mean, I don't even know what to do right now. I do I do three things: my family, the church, and sports, and not necessarily in that order sometimes. <laughs> and I was watching a basketball game, and they stopped the basketball game in the middle of the game, and then they just began to have people head towards the exits. In the middle of a basketball game, and the next thing you hear, and I mean, that it happens overnight that the league is shutting down the season. Wow. And then it's the NCAA and, and further than that, but I think it's sports that really yeah. gives us a gauge of yeah. that, and I was, I was stunned. Yeah. I, well, I was sort of prepared in some sense in that uh, when this first started happening, uh, probably you know several weeks ago in China and and everything, I, I told our our finance guy and I told our creative team, I said, hey, let's get together and let's talk about what could happen if blah 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 blah. So you were prophetic. Well, I don't know if I was prophetic, <laughs> but um, but I never thought it would get to this. Okay, I just never saw that. And then I'm on spring break. Uh, we're talking to my son, who's a manager on the baseball team at Mississippi State, and uh, he's they're playing while we're on spring break. They're playing down in Biloxi. Next thing you know, we hear well, the rest of the season is is canceled for oh, wow. baseball. And I thought, well, golly, that's a little extreme. The next thing they say, my my son said, hey, I got some insider information. They're going to shut down the College World Series, which is in June. Man, and I thought, you know something's big. yeah, there's one thing. Well, they actually I had only canceled baseball to the end of the month. I'm sorry. And then all of a sudden they came back and said, oh, no, it's all over. And they're shutting down. The College World Series is not going to. And I knew, okay, there's something bigger going on. And uh, from from that point on, it just started, you know, just building. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember where you were? I, honestly, I was in my office uh, at, at home uh, working on some stuff. And, and uh, you know, we've been through, you know, you get swine flu, you got bird flu, SARS, right, MERS, right. all these other things. And I just, up until probably early, you know, early that week, I was just thinking, well, this is just going to be like another one of those. Yeah. You know, it's just be another one of those things that, you know, we hear about it, you know, we read about it, we see it on the news, but it really doesn't affect us. And, you know, and then like when, when things started happening, like what you guys were talking about and, and seasons started getting canceled and mm-hmm. NBA and all this kind of stuff, I was like, oh, this is not, this is not <laughs> that. Real. This is yeah. legit. This yo. is not that. This yeah. is something new. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. That's, and that's okay. So all of these stories that you shared are from a few weeks ago. I mean, yeah. cause this has been going on for, oh, in this country, what, three weeks now, I oh, think right. something, yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, so just imagine, okay, so that was like three weeks ago or whatever. So right now, just look at how much in our country has changed just in the last five or six days. Right, okay, yeah. wow. A right. lot of change. I mean, things are just every day. Something's different. Something's new. Okay, so then let's let's look at Scripture. And in, in Matthew chapter 21 and the couple chapters after that, we see this story of where Jesus does his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He comes in on a colt, and from that entrance to the cross, okay, was five days. And you guys know this, right? I'm talking to a bunch of 
pastors, right? So you already all those. But that, that was five days. But you look at those chapters. In fact, right now, if you're at home and you want to look in the on your computer there, man, pull up the scripture right there, Matthew chapter 21, and just start start looking at all the stuff that Jesus does there yeah. because, man, it gets so much shift happens in yeah. just five days. Yeah. Jesus goes from being celebrated coming in yeah. to just five days later, the same people are shouting crucifying. Yeah. <laughs> it escalated quickly. <laughs> Things that, escalated that quickly. quick, right? Yes. Right? Yeah, I, I uh, we, we talked about this the other day, and literally, I think about it through the lens. You can look at it through the lens of the people. You can look at it through the lens of the disciples, those who were closest to him. And I want you to think about the fact that he literally went from Lord to lunatic in five days in the eyes of the disciples. When he came in, uh, he came into a city. We don't know. We think it was a spontaneous, uh, you know, celebration or parade. It was probably a little bit planned or prepared, but it was still unprecedented. Not quite he, Mardi Gras. But. Yeah. yeah. But he <laughs> came in, he came in with a lot of fanfare and already right when he came in uh, to the city, you could see the expectations of the people at least. And probably the disciples even more specifically was wrong in that their expectation was that he was going to come and he was going to overthrow the, the Roman government in some way right. in order to establish a, a free system where they weren't under the hand or the thumb economically, politically, in any other way, especially spiritually, in any way oppressed by the Roman government. And so that was their expectation. They come in, uh, but he comes in on a cult, which yeah. uh, would have thought, that, and, and uh, scholars tell us that that meant that he was coming to bring goodwill to the city, whereas, you know, they were thinking he was going to come in and over throw the city and the, the Roman government, rather, in the city, which would have meant he'd come in on a, on a war horse, which is totally different. Right. So their expectations were thrown off right away. He comes in, there's a party, and there's a celebration, but then it all goes downhill real quick. <laughs> real I mean, real quick, fast. like he is attacked. Well, first of all, he goes into the temple and he begins to pick fights with people who are uh, in the outer courtyard who are selling uh, and buying goods. And, and he begins to just cause a disruptance. Well, that uh, is an attractive feature to every other group, every religious group that wants to bring them down. The Pharisees come, the Sadducees come, the Herodians come, the scribes come. They all try and trap yes. him and pull him down and get him in a bad position. So all this is, is going downhill, and the disciples the whole time are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, th this is not going the way I hoped it was. So there are these expectations that they had, and they're just dashed so quickly. And I wonder right now, even in this time, how many of us have expectations or had expectations of what was going on in our life and what life would hold? And the next thing you know, this coronavirus comes in, interrupts our life in such a dramatic fashion that it really just blows our mind because uh, like my son was sitting there, he said on the day that the coach came in, to tell them that there would be no more season, okay? And this just happened like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he came in and he sat these guys down. They were ranked in the top 10 at the beginning of the season, uh, Mississippi State baseball. They had expectations. Some of these guys, these seniors, were looking to play for a career, yeah, okay, this right. season. They were all looking to play in the World Series. And now all of a sudden he comes in and says, that's it, boys. It's over. 
I just wonder, can you imagine the expectation? They just walked out of the day. They don't know what to think. We've never been this way before. Right. We said that before. Right. Well, just because you're making history doesn't mean you understand the continuum of history and where you fit in that moment. They were completely blown away. Yeah, so we have these. So somebody speak to us for a second to this whole idea of in our country, we are a prosperous nation, right? Yeah. And so... Okay, pre-virus, you know, so go back a year or whatever, you know, pre-virus, people, overall, people had expectations of, hey, I'm going to work, I'm going to make money, this, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And now this comes along, and it's almost like this is something that is not just, it's unexpected, it is completely outside even the realm, like nobody nobody saw it coming. No, nobody outside even the realm of seeing it coming, but... The word is so clear about this very topic, and that is you're talking about continuing your business. I'm going to buy. I'm going to sell. I'm going to do. I'm going to go start this business. People are going to come to my restaurant. People are going to show up at our churches. Right. We just assume they're going to be here next week. Have a family. Have a family raise life. Kids. Watch TV. Yeah. We and, assumed and then, we're going to have Sunday service in our church building, too. We assumed exactly, that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then that, that, that idea, it's some, somewhat of an arrogance that then when it's gone, you're, it's not even an arrogance. There's arrogance to it, but there's this disappointment. Yeah. You've planned, you've thought, yeah. this is your life, those kids. It's a shock. It's a shock. It's, yeah. it's a shock to your system. Well, and it happened... It happened. You think about the the, the massive change, and I and you go back to the disciples, and and we can somewhat understand their shock wow. throughout the entire process from the uh, triumphant entry all the way through the Last Supper and even the Garden and beyond. That just wait a minute, three and a half years we spent with you. Yeah. Our expectations were really high. Not only were you going to overthrow the government, but I was going to be there as your Secretary of State, and he was going to be this, and he was going to exactly. be. And they have these expectations, but you think about our expectations and maybe your expectation, you can really lean into this reality that it happened throughout the breadth of everything that you interact with, your family, your school, church, life, work, and it happened quickly. It happened comprehensively and it happened immediately. And when you press us into that, our minds don't know what to do. As mortal men and women, we don't know how to think. We don't know how to process. Uh, we are driven uh, to extremes. We we chase down rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> thinking they will save us. You know, you yeah. think about it. The extremes we go to when the expectations are just dashed. And even though um, the expectations completely dashed, completely crazy. But you go, you follow the gospel story, and even though it was outside their expectations, Jesus was still the reason in the beginning, and he was still the Savior at the end. Yeah. And when we go through something like this, we can't let all the superfluous stuff mess us up. We have to remember that no matter what we're going through, believe it or not, Jesus Christ is still the answer at the end of the story, right. and that yeah. makes so all the difference. Look in your Bible right now, and what has changed? Nothing. Nothing. It's not the same. Yeah, no, the word has yeah. not changed. Yeah. yeah. They went from the hope of ushering in Messiah and the freedom from oppression to literal despair and, and continued oppression, uh, the disciples did. You know, you think about that word despair, uh, the scriptural word for despair in the New Testament means when you cannot see any way out. Now, sometimes... You know, in our culture, we just think of despair as this, oh, I'm just really sad. 
you know, I'm just, you know, it's just real. I'm really bummed out, and I just, I'm, you know. But the word, what it, what it means in Scripture is when you cannot see any way out. And uh, to key off of what you were just saying, Patrick, that you know they had three, three and a half years, and this was their life. This they they had given up family businesses. They had they had totally changed everything, and all of a sudden they couldn't, you know, couldn't see any way out. What is going on with this? So then the question I, I would have for for you all is, uh, what do you think of? What, what do you think of when you think of the word despair? Uh, maybe maybe you are in a very difficult time right now. Maybe maybe you're a business owner and, and you don't see any way out. Maybe you have personally been affected already by this virus with your health and, and you don't see any way out. But I want to just let you know that there is a way out. There is always a way out through Christ. And right there, you can... Click the you can click the link for a prayer partner. You can yes. chat. You can share, and and there are going to be people that are going to be praying for you during. You don't even have to wait till the end of the broadcast. No. Right now, yeah. uh, you can go ahead and and share a prayer need, and we want you to know that there are people right now that are praying for this broadcast, throughout this broadcast, and praying for you. Yeah, when I a lot of times with when it comes to despair, you know, there's no way out. Number one, you think of the hee haw song, right? <laughs> Gloom, if you were despair, and, and agony, agony on me. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so you and a lot of times, <laughs> come on, that's funny. That I don't only makes sense to people who grew up, up with hee haw. <laughs> so anyway, uh, a lot of people we we don't realize we're we never get to that despair point because we always have a way out. Like we have controlled and purposeful purposed things in our hearts. Like I have this much savings, so when I have this right. problem. I don't get to despa- right. in despair because that's my way out. And right. and we have we have really created our whole life around keeping ourselves from the edge of despair yeah, for so sure. that we don't have to. We've always right. had that buffer. And and what this has done is this is this has and this is this is not the hand of God. This is the fallen nature hey, say that of again. the world. This, Man, I've <laughs> talked about this so yeah, much. Yeah, it's say so important. Well, it's it's true that uh that this is the same virus that was in the garden, okay? It's, it comes from the same source, and that's sin. So it's it's a fallen nature that has created this. But but it has created uh, this push to the edge. Mm-hmm. And many of us are finding ourselves with despair. And Greg, I'm, sa- I'm glad you said that. Right now, you can, you can just link up and pray with someone. You don't even have to wait. But I'd encourage you, engage this whole... Uh, experience here in real time because uh, that person is praying for you and been waiting for that prayer. Yeah. yeah. So let me just say one more thing, and I guess we can, we can move on because this is just such a valid, valid point. Um, just right now, why don't you just take a second? I'll even stop talking for just a second and let you think. Maybe you're doing something in the chat box there on the side. That's cool. But I want you to think, what's your go-to? And don't don't throw out the spiritual religious answer. I go to Jesus. Do you really? I mean, just just take a second and be completely honest. What is your number one go-to? Is it do you call your mom? Or do you find comfort in your family? Those are all fabulous things, and those are okay. But it's amazing if Jesus really is not the one you go to. On. One time or another, you will eventually find yourself in a very despairing moment. 
And I just want to encourage you, no matter how despairing it gets, no matter how desperate you feel, Jesus Christ is still and always will be the answer, okay? So I just want to just encourage them that for a second Absolutely. to what hey, is that thing? Let me just say something. I'm sorry, I'll throw us off a little bit, but I just want you to think about this based on that. And that is that we have been this way before, even though we may not have ever seen it. In other words, I've said this before, we've never been this way, and, and we haven't in some sense. But we've been this way before as a people group, as uh, God's family, as children of God, we've always been people who have fought being scattered. From the very beginning, we were scattered by sin. Think about this in Genesis. We were scattered because of our sin. We ran and hid, and we were a part of that was the scattered nature of, of sin. And God sent his law. He sent his prophets. He sent his priests. He sent his judges to gather us back around the truth and the essence of who he is. We didn't get it. And so from Malachi, the last prophet, to Matthew, 400 years of scattering continued until such time as the Holy Spirit descended in Acts chapter 2. And what did we do? We came back as a church because we've been scattered through persecution. And so we came back around the church, and now we have a purpose, we have a mission, we have a calling, right? Then over the course of years and over the course of geography, we've been scattered to the four corners of the earth over uh, 2,000 years now. And guess what we're we're gathered back around. Yep. We're gathered back around God's word, yes. right? Because the word was scattered to the several first century churches. Letters were sent by the apostles who wrote. And then later on, these were gathered together by those men who were appointed by God to live during that time to create the creeds, which would ultimately become the written word, the Bible that we uh, know today, that we have uh, so much faith and hope in. So understand this. Even though we've never seen this virus before, and even though we've never had to go through what we're going through before, the church has always been scattered, but it's been brought back together around God's truth, around God's calling and his purpose, which is the church, and around the word of God. And this is what's bringing us together yep. today. Yeah. So we need to Absolutely. understand that, which is a great, great segue to somebody. I think Absolutely. it's you. Yeah, Matthew one, one, key in one, go, go one more thing on that. In, one more thing on that, and that's this. You know, when when you talked about being scattered, Acts chapter eight verse four uh, talks about how that there was persecution going on with the church uh, in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, because of that persecution, they were scattered. They thought it was the worst thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. They because church was exploding. Yeah, they thought that was the worst thing that ever happened. But it was God's plan and God's hand to take the gospel to greater dimensions and more people all throughout that region. I believe we're going to look back and we're going to think, you know what? This wasn't the worst thing that ever happened. No. This was God's plan and God's hand. No, he didn't cause it, but he is going to move through it to see his kingdom expand. And I believe that there are going to be people that are going to be reached, that their lives are going to be absolutely transformed that might not have ever heard if it hadn't have been for status quo yeah. being interrupted. Yeah, because yeah. The, the spreading of the gospel always takes precedence over personal comfort Absolutely. every time. And so, anyway, I've heard Doug, Patrick, you were going to say something, I man, thought. Man, I've heard Patrick say this once. I've heard him say it a hundred times. And that is, we were born for such a time as this. Yeah. And I think the scattering has been happening for some time in this country. And he's using this. This is going to be that pivot. Look what it's done to our churches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
my church is, is liking Cornerstone posts. Cornerstone post is liking South Point posts. South Point post is liking Life Fellowship posts. And, and our worship pastors So are wait a minute, who's Life Fellowship liking? Are they liking Life any posts? We're not into social everybody. media. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do, I just got on Instagram about a week and a half ago. So <laughs> man. Life Fellowship and also Patrick Conrad Please on like Instagram. Me. Please I, like You know, him. I've never had insecurity until I got online. Now I'm just so insecure. And so oh. here we are laughing together, talking together. And one of the greatest, I mean, I'm seeing this as an exciting opportunity to innovate. Yeah. God is bringing our churches back his church back together mm-hmm. through our churches. Yeah. And I find it ironic who writes uh, this these scriptures that we're, we're reading here. Matthew left his career to follow Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he could say, you know, and he didn't write this while it was going on. He wrote this afterward. Looking back, I left my career. Jesus looks at me, a tax collector, who was getting plenty of money from everybody. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I came for. This right. is what I showed up for. Yeah, you know. And then and then the rug's ripped out from under him. And he says, "Heaven and earth might disappear. The things that the guy I followed spoke into existence might disappear, but the one I follow don't disappear." And he says, Matthew twenty four thirty five, "Heaven and earth will disappear, but Jesus said to us guys." My words will never disappear. And yeah. that's the rock. That's right. Yeah. That's the anchor. That's, right. that's what we're coming back around is the word of God. Right. And it's an exciting time. I'm very excited. I don't know what you're yeah. going through right now, but I'm excited. These guys are excited. You can be a part of something big. Yeah. Well, you said it. That the, the In fact, Jesus said it in this text. Okay. So again, we're, we're leading toward Easter and yes. we're Matthew 21, 22, 23, and 24. I think it's in 24. I know it's in Luke uh, 18 where he talks talks about, Jesus said, and he blew their mind, again, ripping the expectations out. Everything was, uh, life was centered around the temple. And Jesus comes in and says, you see these buildings? Not one rock will be left on top of the other when I'm done. So he was telling them that what you put your trust in, what you have really uh, put all of your eggs in this basket, look, don't do that. Because this temple points to this temple. In three days, I'll rise again. So we have to put our our faith and our trust in the word of God. And it, and it all comes back to that. So so I, I want to do something. We have about uh, 18 minutes left here. And I just want to just sort of do some practical takeaways from this. Um, because I think there are some things that we can do right now to make sure that what was so essential uh, to Jesus during that time to communicate to the disciples are still essential for us. Because while the times have changed, the the, the importance and the priority that we're to have in our life hasn't. So uh, what are some things that we can do, some, some things that can bring hope uh, into our life? Absolutely. One of those things that I think we could practice is something we all believe, but maybe we need to be more intentional about, and that is speaking joy. Come on. You know, not yeah. talking about the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Or what everyone else is talking about. Yeah. Not even how we feel, guys, but what we've chosen to feel, what we've chosen as truth, and, and speaking that out, James chapter one, verses two and three, James the brother of Jesus says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, my sisters, whenever you fall into trials of any kind. So we, we want to speak life into people. You're hearing us speak life, but God's called us all to speak life. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and this life, listen, I want you to know something. Your words, when you speak life, it is important. It's, it's, it literally is the words of God. You and I were created by the breath of God. The very words of God created us, and then he created us in his image. And so when you speak words of life, you are speaking on behalf of God, his image bearer in this earth. And your your words have the creative power that God's word was over you. Uh, so I think it's very important that we not take that lightly, whether it be praise or whether it be encouragement. There's some practical ways we yeah, can do it, right? What, I, let me just, uh, sometimes you might be saying right now, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like praising <laughs> the Lord, or I don't feel like being happy. This stinks. I don't, you know, and you're living your life based on your feelings. Let me tell you something. If you follow your feelings everywhere that they lead you, they will lead you to 201 Poplar. Come on, you know <laughs> right. what I'm talking about, right? So we do things as followers of Christ that we might not feel like it, but we do it based on the joy that's in us. So joy, joy is an internal thing based on the life of Christ that's in us. Happiness is based on the happenings around us. Okay, so right now, let's be honest, the happenings that are around us, not good, yeah. not, not fun, not yeah. happy at all. Um, but we don't go by that. We go by the joy of the Lord. And the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, I'll just pull that one right down, somewhere in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right. And the reason we have so many weak Christians walking around right now is because we have so many unjoyful Christians walking on, around right now. Good. So if you want to get stronger, come on, get more joyful. Let me give you a practical thing to do today to spread that joy. Right now, well, not right now, let us finish. After this, pick up the phone, not text, not email, not even social media. This is gonna be old school, you ready? Pick up the phone and call two people and the entire time you're on the phone with them, do nothing but encourage them and speak life into them. That's good. And watch how it changes your day. It'll, it'll change their day, I guarantee it'll change your day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things about that is that when we need, we need to be mindful of what we speak because what we speak sets our direction. James chapter three, uh, verses three and five talks about you put a bit in the mouth of a horse, there's a rudder on a ship, and he compares that to what we say, our tongue, our speech, because what we say sets our direction. So speak joy. Don't just talk about the bad, don't just talk about the crummy stuff. Speak joy, because it's there. Yeah. There is good there if you look for it. You know, one of the other things that we can do practically other than to speak joy is that we can embrace peace. You know, there's a lack of peace right now, you know, in a lot of people's lives. And, you know, uh, obviously Cornerstone people know, many other people don't know our story. We have, uh, my family has lived a life of embracing peace. I'll give you a really quick synopsis, but over the last 28 years, um, we've had a lot of health issues that we have had to deal with personally. Uh, my, my son, uh, Colton, was born with five separate heart defects. Uh, he has had to date six open heart surgeries. Six times we've watched him be wheeled away into heart surgery and numerous other procedures. Uh, my wife, Nancy, my, the love of my life that I proposed to when we were seven years old. Uh, Are you almost, serious? Yes, absolutely. Wow. I asked her to marry me in the second grade. And, uh, and so we, you know, we almost lost her when Colton was two. She had an autoimmune disorder that came out of nowhere and literally was 20 to 25 minutes from being dead by the time we could get her to the hospital. 
two years to recover from that. Uh, and then we got home with our with our little princess, Anna Grace, from China. We adopted her in 2001. She was one year old at the time. We were back for less than a month when she was diagnosed with brain cancer and did the whole chemo and radiation in St. Jude and those kind of things. I said all that to say this. Let me let me give you the, the, the end cap is everybody's alive, everybody's thriving, everybody's healthy, and we are a blessed, blessed family. Amen. But what we learned through all of that was that we have to embrace peace. In the middle of horrible, scary, frightening times, we had to learn how to say, you know what? Uh, we zoom out of our problem and see the whole picture and realize that there is something called supernatural peace. The scripture talks about it. We talked about it last week in Philippians 4. Uh, there is peace that does not make any sense. And I've literally been standing in, in waiting rooms, in hospital hallways, in all situations like that at St. Jude. And people would say to us, how are you doing that? How do you?" And I was like, you know what? I feel like the most blessed person in the world because God was with us every step of the way. And the peace that we felt was supernatural. And so you have to embrace that. Don't just look at your problem. Look at all the good that is still there and embrace that peace. Well, and I know, I know Greg. I've known Greg for at least... 25 years, years at least 25 years. Uh, we were youth pastors together uh, up in Memphis years ago, and it's uh, I, I've seen how you've responded to not just the physical uh, trials in your family. There's been a lot of attacks on your life that I've, I've witnessed from afar, and I'm going to tell you, it's been an amazing testimony uh, of steady, anchored, peace in his life. And I, and I go back to Philippians 4 because it says that that peace will guard your heart and mind. How many of our hearts get so uh, just frayed and our minds get so scattered? You said it uh, last week, pulled apart and, 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 and just distracted. And that's what the devil wants. And the only thing that can guard that is not money in your stock account and you, whatever those are. Uh, it's not, it's not all these other things we've leaned into before. Yeah. It's a peace of God. And I don't understand it. If I could understand it, I would be God. You would be worshiping me, but I don't understand it. Neither do you. So we have to lean into this peace. Tell us some ways that we can do that right now. Some Somebody, anybody, just well, some- Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So we can decide that we're going to keep our focus on the Lord. And that helps us. It helps us. If you focus on your problem, you're going to get scared. Yeah. If you focus on the Lord, you will experience a supernatural peace. Yeah. Another thing in, in the book of John where Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's, he knows it's his last basic conversation with them right there in that time. And he tells them this. He says, my peace I leave with you. And I always key in on that because it's not a peace that we have to work towards. It's not something that we have to achieve or get some meditative state where we've all of a sudden found this thing. No, it's actually the peace of Jesus Christ himself, which is mind-blowing to me that he is our peace. And um, so it's not something you have to work towards. It's something that he already has given you. It's in you. It's just what you lean into, just like Pastor Greg was saying. It's there. We just need to key into it and recognize that it's already been provided. Awesome. Well, I guess the last one uh, would be... Yes, walking by faith. I'm sorry, yeah. Is walking by faith. Yeah, so we we talked about speaking joy, Mm -hmm. uh, embracing peace, 
and then walk by faith. Um, and this is something that I just want to hit one quick thing, then somebody can give some practical ways that we can do it. But I know that during this time of unrest and uncertainty and chaos, really, that your routines have gone all over the place. And none of us are probably keeping a normal routine during this time where it's been altered greatly so that it, it doesn't even reflect what it was. But I, I want to just encourage you to. Uh, contrast that to the steadiness of your spiritual walk. Uh, and the way that we keep that steady is by keeping those exercises of uh, just present in our life. I know uh, I'm, I'm a member of Orange Theory. Uh, you can tell from the guns. And uh, the thing is this. <laughs> can you do that again? I'm just joking. Yeah. I, I usually flex, do a back but flex, wanna, but then my shirt rips. Yeah, I don't want to rip my so shirt. So here's the yeah. deal, though. I was uh, well, I'm a member of Orange Theory. And at some point, they sent out a notice saying, hey, we're going online with our exercises. And they send you a daily exercise thing that you can do that I thought, well, that's really cool because you need to stay in shape even if you're not in the gym. That's right. You need to keep yeah. your spiritual exercises going even when your routine is just dashed and Come trashed. So, yep. so that's something. When we say walk by faith, I think because we talked last week about how our faith is being exposed by yeah. crisis. This week, though, we're talking about practically, sometimes you got to just, you talked about feelings. You just got to keep doing what you're doing right. even when you don't feel like it. And you keep doing it till the feelings come back or find their appropriate place, right? Okay, so there, exactly. in this time, uh, we already all know this, and I know all of you know this too, but let me let me just bring it way down here. So, what are some practical, straight up spiritual disciplines? All right, push ups, sit ups. Those are those are some pretty basic <laughs> workout stuff. We all know this, but sometimes in crisis, we just forget the basics. So, what are some basic spiritual disciplines that we can still be practicing right now, no matter where we are? One of those is worship. If we're talking about things that we no longer feel like doing, mm -hmm. uh, some of those things that we feel a heaviness, a burden, there's this, there's this atmosphere around us where we feel like you know we're not going to church, we're not you know in our cars as much, we're not yeah. singing as much. Worship encapsulates so many things, and worship is not a feeling. It's not something I don't. If you see me raising my hands, it's not necessarily because I feel like it, but it's because God's worthy of it. Yeah, right. I am bringing a sacrifice of praise. And when it's a sacrifice, you're giving up something you don't feel like you have to lose. You know? Yeah. When you, when you, Patrick, one of the things I've learned from you is you've always said the vision is worth the sacrifice. And I thought, yeah, that's right. I'm going to tattoo that on me until I realized that the sacrifice was giving up something important. Sometimes it's something you didn't even think you had enough of. So being generous, sharing what you have, you know, not just singing, worship is giving and bringing and sharing uh, with other people around you. Even when you don't feel like you have enough, by faith, you worship. Yeah. Another one uh, is just reading your word. I mean, come on, just pick up yeah. your Bible, whether it's on a tablet, your phone, read the word. Just take some time. to. I know you've probably been binge watched everything on Netflix right now, and you're already getting other shows to find. But, man, just pick up the word and just keep that a constant part of your diet. Um, what's, what's another one? Worship, the word. Well, I, I, I can tell you this, and I think you 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 probably can speak to this uh, as well later on. But the the Church United website provides uh, also a Bible reading plan. It provides prayer topics that you can do. I think those things are important, and and I really like what you brought out there. Is that sometimes when 
we're overweight or we haven't done our exercise in a while, we we tend to go to places we don't need. Like, I'm going to do goat yoga, and that's going to help me, you know, or whatever. And what you really need to do is just do push-ups. Just go back to the basics. And so what we're talking about here are real basic things. I think you could follow a real a real simple Bible reading pattern, which we'll, we we provide on the Church United prayer. And here's one that might be good: we're at home with our families, prayer with your spouse, prayer with your family, uh, but don't change it up that much. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, you know, yeah. just get back to the basic things: worship. And we're doing church online, okay? But we're still doing church. So I I want to encourage you. We need to understand this in the day of social media. When you are there. Be present. We know that when we're face-to-face. But in social media, if you're going to get the most out of this, you're you're going to need to be present when you are engaging social media as well. So be there when we're having church online. Go ahead and take a shower. Right. Get dressed. Get ready. Get your family ready, just like you normally would. And and get some Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know what you're going to do about donuts, but get some yeah. donuts like you normally do on Sunday. I'm going right. to say it for these guys if they're not going to say it for themselves. But one of those things, uh, walking by faith, is to continue uh, your bringing which is tithing. And you have this availability right there on your website right now. And tithing is not giving. It is bringing back to God what belongs to God. And it, it, it rebukes the devourer. We don't have enough to allow the devourer to steal from us right now. You don't want mammon on your finances. And you're saying, what is mammon? Well, Matthew 23, 23. Find all the scriptures that relate to that bringing what belongs to God. Don't steal from God. This is not the time to steal from God to buy groceries. I mean, that sounds out there. (laughs) Toilet paper. Uh, This is the time for you to say, hey, I'm putting God first because when I put God first, then everything else falls into order. But if you take God out of first place, then nothing else in your life will fall back into order. And you need to tithe to your church, not our churches, unless you go to one of our churches. Right. You need to take it to the house that God has you in. That's right. I want, that's one of those things by faith that you need to do normally. Like you always, don't hold it. Don't hold it to three or four weeks. Right. Give not, it now by faith. It's not a bill to be paid. No, it's yeah. not it a is, bill to be paid. It is worship. And when you when you do with, oh, yeah, I'm going to push back, I'm going to hold on, I'm going to see what, how the tithe pack. I do the same thing I, with my bills. With my bills, I check out and see, all right, now, you know what? I've paid so much on my car loan, and it says I don't have to pay, so I'm going to hold off for a couple months, just wade this thing out. That's what I do with a bill. Yeah. But you you prove that your tithe is a bill and not worship when you do it. So I'd encourage you, and there's no guilt or condemnation. Just no. understand, this is all about a spiritual discipline yep. that's going to yep. keep you healthy when times are not. And, th- and those are just good, solid disciplines. you know. So so let me just recap those because these are things that we want we want to all be doing this stuff, right? So we want to make sure that this week, come on, speak some joy. Yes. Put some joy in your life. Yes. Um, man, let, let the joy strengthen you. We want to embrace peace. We just want to get a hold of that peace. Let it be yes. in us. Let it resonate through us and in our homes. Then we want to walk by faith with these disciplines. Got worship, Bible reading, giving, um, attending church, which is what we're doing. You know, get ready for service. Make it a part of your life. And uh, let me just say one thing that to go along with what Pastor Doug said, um, that you know, you give to your churches. That's why there's not a giving button on thechurchunited.tv Correct. because the Church United is not 
that's not what we're about. That's, that's right, not what right. we're about. So you always support your home and, and the home church where you're a part of. So as we close out, can I just close us out in prayer? And uh, let's just take a minute and invite God into this place and to move in a mighty way. We bow your heads right where you are with me and just take a minute. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And Lord, with all the things that are going on, we still say thank you. Thank you for all the things that you're doing, all the things that you've done. And Lord, by faith, we know all the things that you are going to do in us and through us. Father, we just pray that right now you just bring a healing hand to not just our country, but our entire world. That every single place, every single corner of your precious globe, you bring a healing hand. You touch lives. You put back together homes and families. We just know and believe that you are a loving God, that you are a kind God, and that you are a healing God. We believe that you still work miracles even today and so father we lean into your healing power we lean into your miraculous strength and we just ask for an amazing mighty move of you in our world and just while you're still there in your living room just with your heads bowed your eyes closed let me just ask you a question you're listening to us this this morning and you're thinking man i i don't have that peace i don't have that that relationship with jesus you talk about jesus being the healing hope from beginning to end i don't have that Listen, it's super easy. All you have to do is a couple things. Romans tells us that, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that if you believe in your heart that he died on the cross, came back to life on the third day, and that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will be saved. So just resonate with this prayer. I'm getting ready to pray. And you just receive that and then start confessing him with your mouth. Confess to everybody, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Father, you know right now what's going on in their hearts and you know who's reaching out, who's asking for this, who's asking for your presence and your spirit in their lives. So Father, I ask that you do exactly what your word says. As they believe in you, they trust in you. Father, I ask that you climb inside their soul space, that you wash away all the graffiti that the world has put there, that their own poor choices have put there, that their sins have put there. Wash them clean, set them free, and let them experience a brand new life of salvation walking in you and your presence. We love you, Father, and we celebrate new life in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Guys, we, we want to thank every one of you for tuning in and joining us. Uh, We also do not want you under any circumstances to try goat yoga. Amen. Uh, We want to make sure that there are other ways that you keep yourself, you know, feeling good and healthy about yourself. And one of those ways is we want to resource you to do the things we've spoken about today. And that resource is thechurchunited.com. TV. One more time, thechurchunited.tv. We would ask you to go there. These messages, these conversations are going to be there, but there are five to seven minute devotionals there that are filmed by pastors from around our county and around the area. They want to encourage you in the area of don't be lonely grief, you know, feeling isolated, all these things that people are feeling right now, all these things that you are feeling right now. We, we talk about those things. There's a prayer guide so that all of us are praying about the same things on the same days. We're coming together and worshiping on those sites. If your pastor is not represented, hey, say, hey, let's, let's unite with these churches yeah, because we want to sure. be a part of what's going on in DeSoto County and what God's doing around the world. So do that. Again, you and your family make this a part of your church, your normal, your routine and we'll see you back next week. Have a great afternoon. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for watching this week. Don't forget, if you want to find out a way to serve, to go to thechurchunited.tv to find out all the opportunities we have. We love you. Be safe, be blessed, and we'll see you soon.